This is Cultivate a Good Life, Episode 3, Whistle While You Work Through the Tough Stuff. Well, welcome back to Episode 3. We are still here. (laughs) And our microphones are facing the right direction. They will forever and always. We are basically right. experts at this point. We're pros. Let's be honest. Well, <laughs> I am pro number one, Becky Higgins. <laughs> and with me is my friend and co-host. Hi, Becky Proudfit. Hi, Becky Higgins. How are you today? I'm really good. I'm excited. Me too. This is a really this is a good great one. episode. Yeah. Close to my heart. Well, and it almost seems like it might feel a little heavy, and I just think that that's kind of the whole point that we want to address this because going through hard trials and things like that can be heavy, but we, we're excited to share kind of a, a twist on that to help us get through with a little bit more positivity and gratitude. That's right. You feeling ready for this? Before we s- jump right into that, I want to know, Becky Higgins, mm-hmm. what did you learn from episode two. You mean all the talking? Well, I did a really good job not saying legit, so I'm super patting myself on the back Perfect. for that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, my big takeaway was, because I, I mean, David might have a different take on this, but I think I'm actually already pretty good about family photo shoots. I don't stress out Mm-hmm. very much I think it's I I've been in this memory keeping picture taking world for the such mode. a long time that yeah. I've seen the ugliest side mm-hmm. and I try not to go there so my biggest takeaway takeaway honestly this doesn't sound very spicy but I just need to book my session you I know what make that's a decision. the first step that is, the, is. for real that's yeah. the first step and sometimes mm-hmm. that anxiety comes in I know us last year which we'll get into why it was a crazy fall for me mm-hmm. but I ended up tacking it on to Thanksgiving yes I remember that and actually it was a little stressful because yeah. it was like, get ready, get cute, run to the woods with mm-hmm. the sister-in-law who's an amazing photographer, mm-hmm. and then run back. And so I think that's an underrated yeah. thing. You know, book well, it. it is the first Start step. wrapping your mind around it. Well, the thing for me booking it is David and I, I will always get David's opinion. I don't just do – I don't take this on as my thing. It is yeah. kind of more my thing than his, but I do want his opinion. I value his opinion. I've already talked to him about the idea of hiring the local 14-year-old boy we both think that's a great idea, but I also think I haven't tried your sister-in-law. Oh, she, she took, is the she best. She took your the picture for you and I and the cover mm-hmm. of the podcast. Yes, that's Melody pod- Proudfit. Podcast cover photo. Yeah. She's amazing. She's very, so very talented. Good. Like I'm like, well, maybe I want to try her this year, but maybe she's next year. But then there's these other photographers that are local. I just don't know. So that's my you know that's what? my big takeaway. Just yeah. book. Don't overthink it. Well, I'm not going to overthink it, but I got to make that decision about who I'm booking, right? Yeah. Anyway, so that's my big takeaway. Did you already tell me yours? Well, I have, to just, <laughs> I have a lot of work to do. I have only mastered step one, which is booking and taking the photos. Oh. I am not going to be a psycho Mm-mm. on the car ride mm-hmm. or the day of Mm-mm. the photos. No, your family will be like, we're going to take that for a whirl. Right? Not be a psycho and see how that goes. I don't know if your family will know how to respond. I know. this. I've really made this not a great experience for many years, and I'm feeling a little, well, you know what? That's good. I got my work cut out for me, hey? Right? Mm -hmm. I got a task list of items to improve on. 30. Specifically, you have 30. (laughs) Hey, I'm good at the first one, so 29. Okay? 29. This is true. You have only 29 things to work on. Well, guys, we are super grateful that you're here. And as you know, that we, we also feel super grateful that we get to have the show sponsored because that's how the podcast is possible. So at this time, at this, wow. At this current time, 
for this current time, you guys. We might be more smooth if we if we were scripted. That's probably how this would be a little bit Who more wants smoothly. smooth? Right? Okay, so all rough cut here. I'm just trying to say that we're honored to share with you this week's sponsor. If there's something that resonates a lot with us, it's doing good and being kind. That's what we strive for, guys. Can you believe that there's a company whose actual name is Do Good, Be Kind? This is certainly what the world needs right now more than ever. This is an invitation that is applicable to all ages and walks of life. Do Good, Be Kind is for everyone. Their purpose is simple. They exist to make a difference. And guys, this message truly can change your home, your community, and the world. Together, let's move beyond borders and barriers and recognize the humankind in all of us. The simple message of doing good and being kind is available on apparel that is soft and stylish for both adults and children. It is a total family affair. You can also learn more about their school programs where they are on a mission to reintroduce the values of kindness and accountability and to flip the script on on traditional anti-bully messages. They do this through a social-emotional experience that begins in schools and ripples out into the community. You can learn more about all of this and pick up some things in their shop at dogoodbekind.life. And of course, we have a code for you, friends. Enter Becky10 at checkout to save 10% on your purchase. Go now and join the movement. All right, so today we are going to be transitioning to talking about something a little more serious, something a little unpleasant, but we're going to talk through how to make it pleasant, how Mm -hmm. to find joy. We're going to be talking about those special times in life when you go through trials, when you're thrown a curveball, and you're knocked on your butt. And P.S., when you say special, I almost think that that could be used sarcastically. That's not what I feel. I I feel like those actually can be times that are genuinely special they really are because of the growth that comes out of those experiences oh absolutely Uh, i think the important thing to note kind of at the top of this again we're not life coaches we're not doctors so we're not trying to trivialize any of your trials Mm -hmm. just giving you personal experiences things that we've learned uh with things that we've gone through so girl to girl Girl to girl. I mean, this is, sister yeah. to sister. Seriously. And everyone's been through the tough stuff. Mm-hmm. Our trials look different. They feel different. We have different um, experiences in how we cope through stuff. So, yes. yeah, like just just take this um, with a grain of salt. We, are, we really truly are coming from a place of just wanting to share our own experiences as we have tried to navigate our own way through the tough stuff. Yeah, because it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard work. And I think that's interesting what you said. Each of us experience stress, anxiety, sadness, loss, whatever it may be, we experience it differently. Totally. So for me, I am not a person who cries. Like Mm -hmm. I can really count on the number, you know, on five fingers, how many times I've cried in in my marriage. Oh, and wow. As an adult. In 15 years. Seriously. I'm just not a crier. In fact, if you've ever seen the wow. movie The Holiday, okay. do you know Cameron Diaz's uh, character in we've that? We've seen that. I swear we've seen it. Where she tries to like oh, yeah. <laughs> push out a tear. I really love the times I cry because I'm like, it's just, you know, 10 years of pent up whatever. Right. Um, so I am not a person who cries. And sometimes yeah. I feel guilty about that because no. I, maybe people think I'm disingenuine when I'm going through things. I just don't express it in tears. I'm one that mm-hmm. I tend to withdraw. Mm. I tend to withdraw and kind of just go into my cocoon, mm-hmm. get in my own head and try to deal with it that way. Um, and I'm a crier. 
And you are a crier. Sometimes, not all the time, but I mean, that's, and that's great. No, no, no. That's the thing, right? It manifests itself so differently for everybody. And in the past, in the past six months, and maybe specifically in the last six weeks, there have been many, many tears. Aww. Good kind, happy kind, sad kind, cleansing frustrated kind, kind right? Yeah. All cleansing. Yeah. No, it is. It yeah. is. And so I actually, I, I feel grateful that I, I can cry because it really does kind of like let me get it out. Yeah. And so the it point is, good, it, it really. Yeah, I'm working on that. Um, now you have 31 things to work on. Yes. <laughs> hey, who doesn't need a tally of the things they can improve on? It's great. No, um, no list making. And another thing I think that's important to note is that the trial I'm going to talk about today that you know I've kind of mentioned in the previous two episodes, I have had a doozy of a year. When yeah. it rains, it pours. And let me tell you, it's been pouring. Mm-hmm. But during that pouring rainstorm, I've been able to find lots of joy. Honestly, yeah. I can almost say it's been a really happy year. Which and is the worst year crazy. at the same time. Right? Um, wait, wait, wait. Can I interrupt really quick? Of course. Can I say how important the and is there? You yes. can have the crappiest experience and also have joy simultaneously absolutely like that is that's absolutely goal, right? yes that is the goal so it is possible and quite intentional i think for us when we do go through hard times that we also can find happiness in those situations so yes you and and we've known each other this whole past year you mm-hmm. guys probably remember that becky and i are relatively new friends really just the past year and a half two mm-hmm. years yeah and i got to witness this you were a passenger in the vehicle of crazy of this <laughs> it year a, it was nuts and it was a really difficult for me a difficult year for me as well in a completely mm-hmm. different way so but becky you're gonna do most of the talking on this one yeah shut up becky no, i'm just kidding <laughs> your trials Even, let's go there let's i go think there. it's interesting so at just a few weeks ago, I had one of my dear, dear friends, soul sister friend, the kind mm-hmm. of friend you can just lay in bed with and not say anything. And she had a very last minute move to, mm-hmm. um, she had to move to Utah, but very, very last minute. We live in Arizona. We do live in Arizona. So it was a, a, a full state away. Yes. Yeah. And very, very sudden. And so there was no time to kind of like process and mourn. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the day... Well, so I kind of put my brave face on, helped her pack up, do all the things. And then the day she left, she kind of pulled away. And my daughter, who is best friends with her daughter, we just sobbed for like three hours. And you, You? it was so like like tears came out of your eyeballs. Lots of tears. Okay. In fact, wow. The reason I share this is because it was so abnormal for me to be crying. Yeah. My husband, like, we woke up the next day and he was like, I'm going to stay home from work today. Later find out, he was, like, really concerned about me because he's like, she wept. Oh. Like, for the love. I've seen her go through much harder things wow. without tears. So he really thought. Wow. Like, I something was, was the wrong. pit of despair. But it was great. It was a good cry. Wow. Good for great. you. Speaking of cleansing. I was cleansed. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Tender experience, though. I have realized in my life that I may or may not have some control issues. What? Which you may have realized in episode two about family pictures. But no women relate to that. I know. And most (laughs) of the, like, misery in my life comes from me trying to over-control things Mm -hmm. in my marriage, raising kids, all Mm -hmm. the things. It comes – most of my misery comes from my control issues. Yeah. Which – it's not good. Can we pause for a moment? Can sure. everyone identify with that? 
Honestly, because sure a lot of so, us, right? I'm going to well, feel pretty bad if you don't. <laughs> no, you are not alone. I I really don't know if everyone who does have control issues, because we all do a little bit, but is or able to, bit. or a lot, <laughs> is able to really connect the dots and realize that the angst that sometimes we feel and the stress and the problems that we're experiencing come from our control issues. Can we just identify with that and understand that that is sometimes what is happening, regardless of the trial, regardless of the reason for the frustration or the sadness or the loneliness or the loss? Like, if we have lost control of a specific situation, then this is where this is where we're going to get into it, because Mm -hmm. you can control your response. Absolutely. Right. And in fact, when you're in the midst of a trial or in anything in your life, the only thing you can control is yourself. Yeah. The only thing you can control is your reactions and your actions. And you for sure can't control the people around you and how Absolutely they respond not. to the same problem. And just to try is where that misery comes in. Boom. Can yes. we drop the microphone right? That's it. That's the That's takeaway. It. If you and can take away that. Here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See you guys next time. Yes. Oh. So I'm going to tell you about a trial that I had this past year, okay. which kind of, it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty big doozy. It's yeah. a doozy. But I just want to point out too, that there have been times in my life where, you know, I was in a highly anxious time of life, especially mm-hmm. for me when I was pregnant, I have really hard pregnancies. I have postpartum after pregnancy. So those times you know, a broken dish would have like spiraled me, but Mm -hmm. that felt to me in that moment the same as a bigger trial would feel now. And so it's important to note that I'm going to talk about my trial being cancer, but yours doesn't have to be cancer. It can be a broken dish and you're on like day three with no shower. The same principles apply and let yourself feel the feels with whatever you're going through. You know, don't diminish Anything you're going through because the one I'm talking about is cancer. No, that's we really all have our things. We it's really important to point out because um, the trials, as different as they look, they can feel just monumentous and mm-hmm. just huge and gargantuous. Even if it is a broken dish in three sh- days without a shower, right? Like, so please do not compare your trials to anyone else's. Right. And as you listen to Becky share about her experience, and she brought up, we're going to go there. We're going to talk about her experience with cancer. Whether or not you've been affected by cancer, and I'm pretty sure most of us have in some Sadly, way. most of us have. Yeah, yeah, directly or indirectly been affected by that. But even if it doesn't feel applicable, the principles absolutely will be. So keep yes. on listening. Well, and to be honest with you, I probably am stubborn and have had lots of trials throughout my life. The one that I learned the best through, the one that I found my reactions to be successful in mm. was the cancer trial. But maybe I'm stubborn because it took me many trials to get there. Well, so. we get smarter and exactly. wiser. That, isn't we that the goal? Something. Prepared me prepared me for what was to come. Yeah. So we kind of have a joke in our house that on Halloween, bad things happen, which is kind of a shame <laughs> because o- the month of October and Halloween is like a rite of passage in Arizona because you feel like you're almost to the end, you know, the end zone of the hot weather. Uh-huh. And But we have had a lot of really crappy things happen in the really? month of October. So we have a running joke of like, if we make it through Halloween without anything bad happening. Oh my gosh. Like, no, we had thing? like, my mom was diagnosed with cancer during that time. Um, my uh, Not my, this past year. No, no, no. Right, many, right. But just historically. Many Octobers ago. Right. My son, um, Weston, when he was in second grade, had to be medevaced out of school because he compound fractured his arm and he had to have surgery. My newborn had to have surgery. Like, October Dang. is just a rough time of year. I'm really sorry to hear family. that because it's birthday month here at Becky Higgins. <laughs> Every October, oh, no. it's a freaking party. Yes, I probably won't want to we hear. We still my... party. I gotta be honest. 
<laughs> so last year we were going to a Halloween party and I wasn't feeling super awesome, but because I love a good party, I trudged through. And um, I came home and I knew like, okay, the next morning I needed to go to the doctors. Can I say something? Sure. I was there with you. This is one of our first social interactions. Mm -hmm. And what I remember about that was you were grumpy. You were on edge. You were annoyed by someone that I'm like, really? Is this a problem? And I'm usually not annoyed. No, no, no. Like at all. Right. And I'm like, wow, she's poor girl. Like I could feel your frustration. Who knew? Well, and that's what was actually going on. What was going on is I was bleeding and I had just found that out and I was freaking out. I was freaking out inside. And that kind of came across to you who maybe didn't know me super well at the time. I didn't. As like being a little like standoffish, a little annoyed. Well, you're just edgy. I was edgy. I was like, girl, take a chill pill. But if you had known what was going on, oh, you would if, have, geez, you know? of course. So have a compassionate heart for your right. sisters when they're feeling or oh acting gosh. a little snarkier than the huge because and you, know you what? just don't know what's going on. You don't. Under the surface. You, you don't. don't know. And I know that's cliche to say you never know what someone else is going through. But oh my gosh, if there's one thing that we're learning out of this conversation, please remember that. Yeah. You never know what someone else is going through. So when somebody cuts you off in traffic yeah. or is in a bad mood at the checkout or whatever, just you just don't know. Give them the benefit of the doubt. It doesn't yeah. cost you anything. It doesn't let them be right. Let them be mm-hmm. just love their brains out because there is nothing you're going to lose by loving them a little extra. Well, that's Even what, if they're just yeah. being mean because they're mean. Right. Love it right out of them. Right? That's the goal. Dang, huh? girl. Write that one down. Love it <laughs> right out of them. Love the mean right out of them. So then you were, yeah, you were having that evening. You were a little edgy. Yes, a little edgy. So we woke up the next yep. day, went to the doctor, and um, luckily my doctor's fantastic, got me in right away, and um, we decided I had to have a hysterectomy. Now, kind of backstory, a couple years ago, a dear friend of mine was um, diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. And when I asked her, what can I do for you? Of course, we were making meals, but she said, make sure, the one thing you can do is make sure that you are taking care of yourself. Take Mm. the time to get a mammogram. Take the time to get a pap smear. Take the time to do those things. Totally. And so since that time, I have been super diligent making sure I'm getting all the things done so that if there was something wrong, it wouldn't progress to the point of terminal cancer right right right. so i've always been really good about that can i can i interrupt of course may i because i believe that part of the reason why we go through experiences not only for our personal growth and for whatever we need to go for that through that for but part of it is because we really do need to be there for someone else and so Mm -hmm. my point is when we go through things i think not everything right like some things are more sacred or personal right but uh, for the most part i believe that we're meant to share what we've gone through or what we're going through that it part of that is because of the of the vulnerability and how it helps us to connect with other people which we talked about in episode one but part of it is so that other people can learn and and i have felt that so much when i my my little experience with my melanoma cancer diagnosis was sharing it publicly yeah. on social media making people aware oh my of gosh. what to look for i would have never totally. before your melanoma thing said like melanoma was on the brain right but now it is totally it is on the brain well and we we need to help each other remember to be aware and that just helps spread awareness and can't tell you how many people have messaged me saying because of what because you shared mm-hmm. and i got checked or i had my husband checked and we did find something and it's been removed and now we're clear and so on and so yeah. forth this is one of the reasons why we need to share and it's not just about social media 
It's about like your friend saying to you, please just take care of yourself. Get your mammogram. Make sure that you're on top of those things. Yeah. Make sure you don't end up in this situation. Right. So, and to be honest with you, it's Mm -hmm. funny you bring up sharing because, you know, the nature of what was going on with me was kind of a little embarrassing. And so when the doctor decided I was going to have a hysterectomy, my group of friends um, started a secret text thread Mm -hmm. and it was called Mm -hmm. (laughs) Becky Loses Her Lady Parts. (laughs) And it was a text thread where they talked about like, oh, I talked to Becky today. She seems a little down or, Uh you know, organizing dinners. And Uh I was so grateful for that. And they did it without me knowing. They didn't include me personally. Purposely, right, because they right. didn't want me worrying about any of it. I was on the text discussion. thread. You were. I, I feel like there were emojis, and I can't remember what they were. <laughs> I How do you have awesome. emojis go with Becky loses her lady parts? Becky loses the lady parts. <laughs> and to be honest, when they, when my doctor said, you know, we're going to have to do a hysterectomy, and we're going to have to do it tomorrow, huh. um, I was like a little happy because. At that time, we didn't think it had anything to do with cancer. We just thought it was a fibroid or something like that. And so I was in my mind like, oh, my surgeon's awesome. I know he's awesome. I get to like lay in my bed Mm. for a week, Mm -hmm. watch Netflix. And recover. I was super stoked about having a week of downtime of of recovery where I was forced Mm -hmm. to be in bed. Because if you know me, I'm out and about. I have my hands in all the things, Mm -hmm. volunteering, all that. And so it was kind of like, a little relief. No, that would be amazing to look forward. So I had my hysterectomy. I was totally fine, recovered beautifully, felt great, no big deal. And then I get a call 10 days later um, from my doctor. And my doctor is a friend of ours. And so he had uh, my cell number. He called me and he said, are you driving right now? Oh, And I thought, that's an odd question to ask me if I'm driving right now. And I said, Mm -hmm. no, I'm just at home with the kids. And he said, okay, well, I don't even know how to tell you this, oh but gosh. pathology just came back and it was cancer. And I was like, what? Like it wasn't even on my radar of possibilities of what could be. Really? Like not even not a little bit? Oh, wow. Not at all. So you hadn't, it hadn't even crossed your mind Had as a possibility. not even crossed my mind. Because that would be something that. I thought I would oh, feel well. worse. I thought, oh, I would feel sick mm-hmm. or I wouldn't have recovered. Everything was beautiful. So no, not even a thought wow. in my mind. So talk about a blow. Yeah. So I remember I was in my room by myself, thankfully. And I remember kind of just dropping to my knees and just like letting that sink in. Mm-hmm. Because before that, I used to read novels when I was like a teenager about cancer. There was like this author, Lurleen so McDaniel. <laughs> And so I would read these books about, like, cancer stories. And so me getting cancer was, in my mind, like death. It was the worst, like, irrational fear that I had had my whole life. You know what's funny? It's not funny, but I've always assumed my whole life that I would have cancer. Oh, interesting. Is that – and I'm not – that's not coming from a a weird, morbid place. That's because I have family history. Right. A lot of people do, and I've just always assumed – that doesn't mean I would die from it, but I've always assumed that that I would have cancer. And I I have, you know, but – and I could have it again. But I just – it's funny that you say that because that's never been my worst nightmare, but I've just always made the assumption that would be a part of my story. So anyway, that's interesting perspective. So – so you I were, get the you news. already were like devastated ahead of time with your perception of what cancer and the experience exactly. would be. Exactly. Okay. And I and I did not. My mom had had uterine cancer, but mm-hmm. this was not that and I knew that and so I really didn't have any family history. And so the big blow, it's like the other shoe I had been waiting to drop my whole life, you know what I mean? Oh my. And so immediately I'm trying to call people, no one's answering the phone. I try to call my husband, he mm-hmm. finally picks up and I say, "Honey, I have cancer." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" 
I'm like, no, for real. Like, for reals, I have cancer. Oh, my gosh. And so he's like, okay, I'm on my way home. So I get off the phone, and immediately I just feel the need, like, I have to pray. Like, I, I don't know what else to do right. but pray. And so I start to pray. And as I start to pray, that intense feeling of panic completely dissipates, and I feel peace. Wow. And it's important to note that this is not my typical response. Mm. Like, this would not be my typical response without the prayer. Like, this was absolutely a miracle, the peace that I felt. And so my husband came home. We talked to the doctor, kind of got a plan in place for next steps. Um, Interesting to note, too, during that time, a friend had come over to bring me dinner, Mm -hmm. kind of shown up right as I got the diagnosis. And they brought dinner in, and my husband was in the kitchen and said, you should probably go in and talk to Becky. And they said, oh, no, she's probably tired, whatever. And he's like, no, you should probably go in. And so my friend came into the room, and it was such a blessing because I was able to have the right person show up at the right time to not be alone. Mm -hmm. I wasn't physically alone. And my kids were cared for, and I had a friend there to kind of talk me through it. Mm -hmm. Um, As we went through, um, another friend from church, our church leader, visited our house to kind of offer his support. Mm -hmm. And this conversation I had changed my entire experience. And he said, Kate, well, we're going to all start praying for you. And my immediate reaction was, no, 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 no. I don't want anyone praying for me yet. Like, we don't know what we're dealing with. I don't want anyone praying for me. And I'm not kidding you. The reason I said that was because going through my mind was, I don't want anyone to think I'm a baby. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just cancer. Like, how ridiculous is that? But immediately, I didn't want anyone to think I was weak or to think I was overdramatic or right. to think any of those things. So my immediate reaction was to shut it down and be right. like, nope, 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 nope. Big mistake. And he totally chastised me. He said, you know what? Shut I you don't down. understand why women do this. I mm. don't understand why they have things like this come up and they choose to suffer by themselves. Right. And I thought about it for a minute, and I was like, that's totally true. He was right. How many of us have had miscarriages that nobody knew about? Mm -hmm. How many of us have had cancer or depression or anxiety, marital Mm -hmm. problems? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying post about it on social media, but in your circle that loves you, just the importance of letting them know what's going on. And it is an unnatural thing. Right. And I think it's supposed to be. Well, and it goes goes without saying that anyone who has experience with prayer prayer works i mean if i can go there i just there is a power that comes from people like you said who love you who know you who care about you who have your best interest at heart and even those who may not know you in some circumstances that happens i've prayed for strangers before because i've Mm -hmm. been made aware of a situation or whatever but prayer works and to be on the receiving end of that well i shouldn't speak for you like did you feel did you feel that um unified effort and people who were thinking about you, praying for you, reaching mm-hmm. out to you, did that bug you in the end? Or was that a strength? I for absolutely you? loved it. Yeah. Because I'm generally a person that's pretty open. Although like I said before, with trials I tend to retreat. Mm-hmm. So making a conscious effort to be open with what was going on through every step of my diagnosis and treatment and everything not able not only was i able to feel peace which i truly was i was able to feel peace and i felt like with every person close to me that knew they shouldered a little piece of that burden yeah. and so it wasn't so overwhelming just on me 
just on my husband. Mm -hmm. It was better for my children. My husband then had support. If I hadn't told anybody, who would he have gone to for support? Because I wasn't in a position at that time to be supporting him through that. Mm -hmm. So it was such a blessing being able to share that burden with others. Oh, for sure. And I got lots of awesome dinners, side note. Yeah, you did. I (laughs) I got all kinds of you know, words of encouragement, and it totally helped me. Yeah. It was, like, the greatest thing ever. So Just the outpouring of love that I had. Don't suffer alone. That's the no. takeaway I'm feeling as you're speaking. Don't. Like, just don't suffer alone. I will reiterate that there are some life circumstances that really are so um, personal personal, and mm-hmm. or sacred or private. They, 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 I mean, it shouldn't be a, a group of people that are aware, right. uh, but maybe you've got just that best friend or that confidant, somebody who's... Or maybe even your spouse. Sometimes yes. we keep these things from our spouse yeah. because we don't want to be perceived as weak right. or as failing. Yeah. Don't do it alone. Don't. And NPS, your, what you were saying wasn't normally a natural inclination, but the fact that you did drop to your knees and you prayed you immediately positioned yourself to not be alone. That, in my mind, is where mm-hmm. the peace came from. Oh, absolutely. That's for sure. Because you you turned to God, and that is what he ultimately helps us all with, is to feel peace. So Absolutely. So then what What next? Then what? You, you felt so the love. So next stages in diagnosis are once you find out you have cancer, you're sent for a PET scan, which is a scan of your entire body. And because of the pathology that came back from my particular cancer, they knew that the cancer had spread. You know, we just didn't know how far it had spread. Mm-hmm. And so I went to get the PET scan. And I remember laying in the PET scan machine and thinking, like, how in the world did I get here? Like, this is like a Grey's Anatomy episode. Like, what in the world? (laughs) And I kind of had an atypical cancer. I had cervical Mm -hmm. cancer, by the way. But Mm -hmm. I had an atypical cervical cancer. And so I remember laying there thinking, how in the world did this happen? Like, what have I done? Because... And I, yes, I, I'm young. Gotten, I'm young. I'm healthy. Right. I work out. I eat yeah. well. I and, and I go for my annual checkups. I've never had an abnormal. I never even had an inconclusive pap smear. Yeah. I had always been cleared 100%. And so I just remember there in that moment thinking, how in the world yeah. did I get here? And I had a sweet uh, nurse who was administering the PET scan to me. And I said, what do I do? What do I do if it's spread? I have four small babies. Like, what do I do? Mm. And she gave me the best advice. She said, what you're going to do is you're going to go home and get angry, and then you're going to cry, and then you're going to wake up, and you're going to fight like hell. And wow. I thought, you're like, yep. bring it. That's exactly what I'm going to wow. do. That and is, so, like, I have goosebumps. That's solid. Yeah. She was right. Let yourself feel the feels. Yes, let yourself feel. It's okay that you're Absolutely. angry yes. over the trial and whatever is you're facing, but don't try to not feel that. Let right. yourself feel it, right? Feel like that it was probably and then move past it. Yeah. Because it's not productive yeah. to be stuck in the angry place. No. And by the way, feeling angry is very different than what she was saying comes the next morning. Fighting, being a fighter, that's not anger. No. That's being a fighter. That's resolve. Yeah. That is putting on your boxing glove and punching through punching through yep. the trial yeah and i'm here to tell you it's work it's not easy it's not natural it's work yeah but you will develop some really awesome muscles some stamina some some mental clarity that you could not get the other way yeah and so Incredible. kind of piece by piece first i thought there's no way i'm gonna have a hysterectomy had it there's no way i'm gonna have cancer had it mm-hmm. there's no way it spread it had spread and then I remember going to my oncologist kind of with all the results to talk about my treatment plan. And I was talking to my husband in the car and I said, what are we going to do if I need chemo? 
And he's like, what, what are you talking about? You're not going to need chemo. Like, come on, you're not going to need chemo. It's going to be fine. And I remember thinking, like I knew intuitively, like, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to, there's going to be some treatment. I thought, what are we going to do with our kids? Like How's having mom work? gone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because like I mentioned before, not that I'm a controlling mom and a mean or, but I am very organized with my mm-hmm. family schedule, with dinners, mm-hmm. with I, you know, I'm kind of the keeper of all the schedules, of all the carpools, of mm-hmm. all the everything in my family. And so to think about me being taken out for like an extended amount of time was terrifying. How does that look? Right. Like, what does that even look like? Right. It, to be honest, is my husband capable? Is he capable of keeping our house? I can answer standing? that for you. You know what I mean? He is. He's an amazing man, but never having had right. to go through that. Right. I mean, that's a scary, scary thing. Right. So, of course, we get the news that, yes, I'm going to need chemo. Of course. Of course you are. And I'm going to need radiation. Mm-hmm. And it's like a daily thing. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, another kind of blow. So all the things we thought would never happen, every one of them is happening. But mm-hmm. every time we just thought, okay, this is another piece of the puzzle. And what are we going to do? And we came up with an action list of what mm-hmm. we're going to do. Tighten up your bo- boxing gloves. Exactly. Like, make the adjustments. And square your do shoulders. This thing. Right? Like, oh, for you sure. You have to go in as a fighter. Yep. All right. So then what? So right. all the things that you didn't think were going to happen to you are happening. They happen. It's unfolding. This but is this is now your new normal. I should be freaking out. I right. should be freaking out. Any normal person would be freaking out. Why weren't you? I had peace. Right. Because I was taking the approach that I was going to fight through this. Mm-hmm. And I also had that moment, and this is probably the biggest blessing that cancer taught me. And my husband jokes that we should have titled this episode, How Cancer Cured My Anxiety, because it's true. Wow. How Cancer Cured Me of the Control Issues and Anxiety I Had Been Having, because that's exactly what happened. As I kind of went through each of those things, little by little, I let go of those things that I had been controlling, of the perfection I was trying to seek in my Mm -hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And I was happier. Wow. Hooked Whoa. up to an IV pole. Wow. Barfing my brains out. I was happier. What the heck? How? How? If only I could have learned this lesson without cancer. 15 years ago? Yeah, 15 years ago <laughs> and without also, cancer. That would have been fantastic. By the way, what you did name the episode, Whistle While You Work Through the Hard Stuff. The tough stuff. The tough stuff. What's the reference there, Sister Disney? Sister Disney. <laughs> Just in so case you I don't find know. <laughs> life advice from Disney all the time. Yeah. And just a little backstory. Um, I'm from New York and I went down to Disney World as an intern when I was in college. And I was actually on the, the first team that was implementing the Fast Pass, You're which brilliant. makes me like a million years old, but well, it is. And it makes you freaking brilliant. I may not like to hear myself here say freaking either. Freaking. <laughs> like freaking legit, girl. <laughs> I am freaking legit. No, that's incredible. So, it, but but Disney, it's a total side note. But Disney runs through Becky Proudfoot's veins. If you if you yes. want to get to know her real quick, just think this girl has Disney through and through. And so that that's the reference for the title. Well, and I read an interesting talk one time that talked about also side note. After I was done with Fast Pass, I was able to work in entertainment with Disney in a lot of different capacities, mm-hmm. and um, and it was amazing. We'll yeah. just leave it there. But so we'll um, talk more about that at but another kind time because totally. Yes. Well, you do we'll have find to delve in for sure, but you do find life lessons. You personally, personally, find life lessons through all things Disney. That's 
That's and kind particularly of the, the Disney princesses. Now, just yes. walk with me here for okay. a minute. Okay. Coming from somebody who doesn't feel exactly. Who doesn't have the warm fuzzies like I do. Listen. We'll get, her, get there. there. We'll get her there. <laughs> but if you think about it, all of those princesses that had these amazing lives right. had to pass through mm. horrific trials mm-hmm. to obtain the life that they ended up with. Sure. And I completely felt this way about the trial. Is yeah. okay, this is the next step of my journey mm-hmm. um, towards my happily ever after so to speak yeah um so you felt joy like you were in this trial like you said hooked up to an iv barfing your brains out and you felt joy because of the growth that you were experiencing the strength that you felt you felt probably like you were evolving at some hyper speed i did because you were forced into something that you no longer had control of and yet what i'm hearing from you is that no longer having control over certain aspects of your life is what was bringing you joy. Oh, yeah. That's kind of mind-blowing. It kind of is. And I have an amazing quote that I love, 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 love from the magnificent Patricia Holland. And she said, if I wanted to destroy a society, I would stage a full-blown blitz on its women. I would keep them so distraught and distracted that they would never find the calming strength and serenity for which women have always been known. He has effectively done that, catching us in the crunch of trying to be superhuman instead of realistically striving to reach our individual purpose and unique God-given potential. We must have the courage to be imperfect. Preach. That is my favorite. Yeah. Because it took courage. It took Mm -hmm. courage to share it. It took courage to present myself as imperfect, Mm -hmm. right? And how many times have I used this lesson since? A lot of times. Right. I am imperfect, and that's okay, because I'm striving towards being better, right? And it's part of your freak flag, sister. And it's flying high, baby cakes. <laughs> flying high. So I remember going into chemo, yeah. and some of the things that really helped me through that, um, one thing that really helped me was music. Oh. And there have actually been studies done. I was looking like at one Like music therapy. Like music. Like okay. on the way to chemo. Yeah. Beyonce. Really? I'm a survivor. I'm not going to get every week. (laughs) And I would jam out to Beyonce. That's a great visual. You know what I mean? And there are studies that music and singing in particular, so not just listening, but singing with your voice, kind of lights up every single area of the brain. Oh, my gosh. And really actually helps in the dopamine production. Do you know what I just realized? What? When I was going through a particular trial... About, I don't know, six years ago, mm-hmm. Katy Perry's Roar. Oh, I sang that out loud. Yeah. And I felt strengthened. Is that yes, weird? it's not And weird. trust you me, prayer was way higher on my list than singing right. out loud. But I, I would, if I was by myself in the car, I was singing that song because I felt empowered. One. It's an anthem. It's an anthem. It and yeah. there's so many more. It is Katy Perry who sings that, right? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just making sure. You guys, I'm not always the most relevant with my music knowledge, but okay. But singing. So So singing really helped me. And to be honest, since then, if I'm I'm in a funk, Mm -hmm. we all know, we get in these funks. If I can get in my car by myself and like blast a song and sing it, instantly I feel better. Dang. I may not feel 100% better, but I feel better. But you're on your way to where you need to be. So singing. Yeah. Another thing that really, really helped me is, so I had to go for radiation every morning. Okay. Really early in the morning. That doesn't mess up your family schedule. I am not a morning person. Okay. Like before this, 
waking up early. Like I remember friends would be like, oh, why don't you meet me to work out at 530? And literally I would think I would rather be obese than wake up at 530 (laughs) and exercise (laughs) every day. That does not work for me. But that was when I had to go for radiation. So I would get up early every day. I'd walk outside. I'd see the sunrise. I would go to radiation and it was perfect. It would get me up. It would get me in the shower. Mm. I would go to radiation. I'd come home and I was already dressed for the day. Yeah. So tip kind of number two that really helped me. Oh, you've shared a whole lot more than two. (laughs) Fake it till you make it. Yeah. Get dressed. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling any which way about any certain trial, get dressed. Do your normal things as best you can. Yeah. Because you will feel better. You'll feel more capable. And you'll feel just that little bit of accomplishment um, throughout your day. I love that. Can I add also that once in a while, it is okay to just, like we were talking about earlier, when you've just got to feel the feels and just Mm -hmm. have a day in bed, for example, and wallow in your sorrows and just cry it out or just watch Netflix all day or whatever, just for a day, Mm -hmm. give give yourself the break. Do it. And I think the important part to note with that is make it an intentional day. Yeah. Make it an intentional moment where you say, "Hey, I'm totally going to just let myself crumble for this amount of time." Totally. And then I'm going to and then pick get it on with yeah. it. Pick back make up. it that intentional thing because if you don't make it an intentional, mm-hmm. sometimes it can it can drag on. No, that's a good point. Um, Give yourself those boundaries. I like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'd get up, I would have uh, the radiation, radiation sunrises, Arizona sunrises are the best. And it just gave me that little piece of getting out of the house Mm -hmm. as awful as I felt. I knew I had to go. I didn't have choice. So no control. Appreciating those little tiny moments of blessing. Yeah. The greatest thing about this particular trial for me was that I learned who I was. I learned that I was strong. And I never would have said that. I would have never characterized myself before this trial as I'm emotionally tough. I'm hmm. physically strong. I'm, I knew I was spiritually strong, but the other ones I would have never characterized. Hmm. Post-cancer, I know I'm strong. You're a warrior. I know that no matter what happens, that it's okay. That I'm okay. That my family's okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens from here, I know that we will be okay. And that message alone is so empowering to me mm-hmm. that I know my worst fear happened. It happened like 18 times throughout that trial, but it was fine. It was okay. My kids were okay. Mm-hmm. Coming to the realization that this trial was meant for me. Not that I did anything to cause it because I didn't, right. but that this trial was meant for me, which meant by extension, it was meant for my family. Right. It was meant for my children. And being able to look out and say, you know what? I didn't study with Weston for that test and he did okay like mm-hmm. he grew so much being able to be an independent learner an independent worker yeah. um, even in their ability to come and like take care of their mom on days when I was really really sick for sure what a, what a blessing. incredible experience for your family it was such a, an incredible life-changing experience I realized that sometimes I think the world revolves around me what? and so when I took myself <laughs> out of the situation like uh-huh. In my mind, I literally saw, like, the bomb drop on the house. Like, this is what's going to happen when mom's out of commission. Right. It didn't. Everyone not only just made it through, but they thrived. Yeah. My husband handled business like a boss. Mm-hmm. He learned to do things he didn't know how to do before. The mm-hmm. kids learned how to do things they didn't know what to do with before. Well, and I want to add to what you were saying. I really have a very strong belief about that, that our 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 experiences, not just hard things, but all of our experiences really are very 
customized and catered for us. Like the the experiences that we have are they are meant for us to go through that. And mm-hmm. so for you, for your family, like that's exactly what was supposed to happen so that everyone could come out stronger. And sometimes it doesn't end up with positive results like that, like you being on the other side of cancer. Sometimes there's loss involved. Mm-hmm. But those experiences, those trials, those things that happen in life, they are meant to be what shapes us and what is our story. But I got to a place during mm-hmm. that trial because you're incredibly correct on that. I got to a place that said, okay, if this ends with me dying, Mm -hmm. am I okay? Do I trust enough that that will be okay? And I got to the place where, yes, if I do all I can and that's a result, Mm -hmm. that's okay. That's okay. Which brings me to my next thing that I learned. Really, I shouldn't say learned, really applied. My son, Jameson, has a fantastic psychologist that he used to see when he was little doing therapy for his ADHD. Okay. And when he used to have kind of some, just some anxious experiences at night, and he would say, well, what if, and it was like bizarre Mm -hmm. things, what if I get sucked into a black hole? And so she taught him a game called the what if game. And I have used this game more than he has, I swear. And so here's the what if game. She says, okay, if you want to play the what if game with yourself, what if this happens. What if I get cancer? What if my spouse dies? What if I get divorced? Mm -hmm. That you can do that, but you need to play the game the whole way through. For instance, I can't say, what if I get cancer? But I can say, what if I get cancer? What will that look like? What will I do? And where will I end up? Yeah. So you need to play it the entire way through. Wow. Game changer. Allow your mind to say, what if this happens? And think about it. Mm -hmm. What if this, what if, what if I lose my arm tomorrow? Well, If I lose my arm tomorrow, that is going to suck. And then I'm going to learn how to write with my right hand. Mm -hmm. And then I'm probably... I'm a lefty. (laughs) I'm going to have some adjustment there. And I'm going to have this person help me. And then I'm going to have that person help me. And at the end of the what if game, you can always come to the place of, and then I'll have a happy and fulfilling life. Or my family will have Mm. a happy and fulfilling life. Begin with the end in mind. Because that is the end the end. It that is, is the, the end. end result is as you can choose that. And that's the way that we even kicked off this conversation today. Mm-hmm. Beginning with the end in mind and knowing that even though you can't control all the circumstances that ultimately you are going to be a happy and joy-filled person, that's that can always be the result. It's up to you yep. how you respond to all of the things and the obstacles that come your way. And oftentimes for me anyways, when I get on a stressful week Mm -hmm. or a stressful moment, I get on this hamster wheel, right? Of just like, well, what if, and then this, and then that, and then this, and then the kids and the homework and the da 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 And I go around and around and around and around. It's about jumping off that hamster wheel. It's Mm -hmm. about stopping yourself in your your tracks and saying, no, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take care of this. This is the information that I have that I know, and I'm going to move forward and I'm going to move forward joyfully. And you're going to own it. Own it. Boxing gloves on. So how do we do that? How do we choose joy? Okay. That is the million-dollar question. It is a choice. It is absolutely a choice. I mean, sorry, but that is the, you know, when you say, how do you choose joy? Can we all just acknowledge and recognize and remember that it is a choice? We have agency. We get to choose Mm -hmm. all the things. We do. And the thing is, is if you can be happy... Or, f- and when I say happy, I don't mean 
skipping around skipping in flower around, fields. Exactly. <laughs> I was not in chemo like, woohoo, yay, ooh, so fun, yay, woohoo. Right. Although it was pretty fun getting to watch movies with friends who sure. went to chemo with me. It was like a six-hour <laughs> girls' date every week, which was a little of, uncomfortable. It was kind of fun, actually. But, you know, the whole IV and that wasn't so fun. But no, I was able to find the joy with that. So the point is this. How do you choose joy? If you can learn to choose joy in a hard situation or mm-hmm. choose moments of joy, if you need to start there, choose a moment of joy. Mm. That sunrise is beautiful, mm-hmm. and I'm happy that I'm here to see it. Mm-hmm. Don't go to the because I'm having cancer and radiation. Just yeah, I'm happy to see the sunrise today. It's a baby step. I'm so grateful that I have today this time with my children. Mm-hmm. I was able to take a shower today. Mm-hmm. I was able to watch a movie i was able to sleep through the night that was a big thing for me i was able to sleep through the night yay little victories choosing joy because if you can learn that lesson in the midst of trials you will be successful in every other thing that you do well it makes so much sense because you can't just go from zero to 100 you can't be go from cancer diagnosis for example to i'm so happy i have cancer I feel really blessed that I have cancer, that this is a part of my story. Right. But those baby steps must have gotten you to... It gives you perspective. It does. Yeah. And I want, for me, I want to make something of my trials. I want to learn what I can from trials to take advantage of the opportunity to become better. Because for me and my beliefs, that is why we are given trials, to become Mm -hmm. better, to help us to learn lessons. And now on the other side, I can say, absolutely, I'm grateful for cancer. Was it hard? so hard but i've learned i'm strong i've learned i can be happy i've learned that my children's success and happiness is not a hundred percent on me that was a huge one for me huge learning that and having that burden off of my shoulders such a blessing and so now on the other side i can say yes i Mm -hmm. am totally happy to have gone through the trial of cancer well and can you imagine going through something like that and simply going well i'm glad that's over that was the worst experience of my life, and I never want to ever think that that even happened. Like that's that perspective is not what you and I believe. Because guess should what? Have. If you feel that way, they're gonna come. The trials yeah. are gonna come, and after cancer, more trials came. Right. It's right. A consistent. There's mm-hmm. no. There's no break. There's no break, <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. Because you know what? Still joyful. Still happy. Still applying the life lessons I've totally. learned from cancer. And I wish I had known these things when I was experiencing, maybe I won't say lesser trials, but less visual trials mm-hmm. when I was a young mom. That was mm-hmm. a hard time for me. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had learned these lessons about choosing joy, about looking for the small blessings. If I had had this information then, I probably would have been a much more fulfilled uh, person, a much yeah. happier person, probably been a better mom. And so the last thing I have to share with you is, When you have a trial, we went over being open with your trial, allowing your circle of love to love your brains out to see you through the trial. And then the last one is take your experience and pay it forward. Mm -hmm. Because I have had this experience with cancer, I want to share it with you. So first of all, you'll go and get your checks because even if you've never had an issue with no family history, you can still have cancer because I sure did. Pay it forward. Yeah. Make sure that you are looking for areas, looking for ways to serve. Try to recognize people who might be going through trials. Change that mindset, like Becky was saying before, about me, how I was being grumpy at the Halloween party. Look at that person and think, I probably need to just see if she's okay. Sure. I probably need to delve in a little bit deeper. Yeah. 
and share your experiences as women. What a blessing we can be to each other by sharing our vulnerabilities, by sharing our experiences so that we know we're not alone. For sure. My friends were the biggest blessing. And even people that kind of came out of the woodwork on social media to talk about maybe they had had the same kind of cancer I had or maybe they experienced the radiation and chemo and it was just fun to laugh about like the intense diarrhea I got from radiation. <laughs> oh, poor girl. It was That's fine. That's the worst. But it's really not the worst. I mean, it's not good. I but mean, much worse things can happen. But it was awesome to laugh with people that knew what I was talking about. Right. That right. totally could relate on that level. That relatability is is part of what can strengthen people to one another. Oh, yeah, for sure. Form those bonds. That's a that's a terrible thing to bond over. But hey, you hey. know what though? Yeah. It's like the greatest club you've never asked to be a part wow. of. You know, it's a the cancer club. It's the cancer club. Ugh. And there's probably many other clubs out there. Oh yeah. The depression club. The anxiety club, the divorce club, the infertility club, the widowed club, the losing children club. I mean, there is such a strength of support with people that have been given this experience that really are meant to help you walk through. And so allow them to walk you through. Also, look for the opportunities to walk people through. Totally. Make your trial have meaning, pay it forward, and bless people around you with the knowledge that you've gained. Absolutely. Which is partially what we really want to do with this podcast is, absolutely. if I had had some of the information I have at this point in my life earlier, Mm -hmm. I probably would have been a much better wife and a much much happier person. Not that I was a bad person, but, But, you know, the information is helpful. It definitely refines your perspective. It sure does. Can I take back something I said earlier? Sure. I said when you were talking about trials and they just keep coming and I said there's never a break. I actually don't mean that. We do have breaks between our trials sometimes, and if we're lucky enough, right? We can feel yep. that life's, life's good between the hard stuff. And what I wanted to point out about that is we shouldn't reserve something like prayer, for example, for mm-hmm. the hard times. I think that when we are between the trials and life does feel like it's pretty sweet, that that is an equally important time to express gratitude, whether you are the praying type or not, mm-hmm. but to be a grateful person, to recognize that your life is sweet, to recognize, like you your said, blessings. yes, including recognize the, sun, the sunrise things in your life. Right. And it is something because I love that there. you said it takes practice because it mm-hmm. does. And you'll be a much better practiced person of gratitude if you've practiced all the way up. Right. So that when it really matters, you're not, st- you're not starting out cold. You're starting right. out practiced and warmed up and ready to go in that boxing ring and knock that trial right on a tiny. Right. And, and you're that's well what we need to do. It? Absolutely. One little last thought yes. I want to share yes, with ma'am. you before we go. Yeah. And FYI, we will be doing another episode specifically about cancer. It's got to happen. Um, because yeah. my oncologist is basically the greatest man ever. We need to hear from and him. And he yeah. has all kinds of great information because we want you to have this information. Yes. So that you can take care of yourself. Um, There was one last thought I wanted to share with you. Um, And this was a thought shared um, by one of the members of our church. And they said if someone. our church. I mean, you and I didn't start a church, just to be clear. Not our church. (laughs) We are of the same faith. The church of Diet Coke and Dry (laughs) Shamp. No, I'm just kidding. It was was a church meeting, but it has given me such a visual. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, episode one, about building your tribe. Totally. And this is the advice. He said, if someone's drowning, if you came upon someone drowning or grumpy at a Halloween party, would you say to them, hey, are you drowning? Or would you just throw them a dang life preserver? Right. Throw people the dang life preserver. Give them the benefit of the doubt. 
don't wait till someone comes to you to say, I'm dying, help me. Like, mm-hmm. go out there, try to recognize people who are drowning in whatever way. You feel impressed. Them. I mean, like, you almost have to pay really close attention to the ways that you're going to feel impressed because mm-hmm. most of us, when we watch somebody that we care about go through a trial, we're not going to just innately know how to throw the life preserver and what yeah. kind of life preserver to throw, but we can certainly ask in prayer or pay attention to those feelings or all of the above to the ways that we can reach out and help. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know your perspective on this, but do you, th- how helpful it is it when people say, what can I do to help? That's not helpful. Right. Because A, they mean I am well. not going to tell you. Right. What I need you to do is to come over and fold the 18 loads of laundry that are buried <laughs> in my room. I'm just not going to say that to you. Right. But just, just show not. up. But many yeah. people showed up. Right. And just did things. Right. If you don't know where to start, everyone likes their laundry folded. Yeah. Everyone likes cookies. There. Boom. A to the men. Did I just say that too? A to I have the got men. to not say. I think you're, why are you, I, I think you need to be more secure with your odd You're right. mom comments. You're right. Watch, Embrace it. Watch what's going to come out of my mouth in the next episode. Absolutely. Do you feel like you covered all the things that you wanted to say? Really? No. But <laughs> I could talk about this for 12 years. I know. Main takeaway, go out there today. Yeah. Look for someone who you might think is drowning and throw them a cookie. For the love of all that is holy, throw them a cookie. Be a little prayerful. Decide how you can go out and spread a little sunshine today to someone who is probably suffering. Because you know what, ladies? We all have something. We, we all have something we're dealing with. Yes, we do. We can be a little kinder and a little more compassionate toward one another just knowing that. Absolutely. So let's be that way. Let's do it. You guys, we talked about so many great things, and there are definitely show notes you will want to check out, a couple pictures to add into the storytelling that's been happening, and, and we want you to join in this conversation. Make sure that you're following us on Instagram at Cultivate a Good Life on Instagram is where we are. We have our personal accounts as well, Becky Proudfit and Becky Higgins, LLC. We continue to be interested in the ideas you guys have for what you think would be great for us to cover here on the podcast. So if you've got those thoughts, please send us an email at Becky, or sorry, just kidding, podcast at BeckyHiggins.com. We've already mentioned a couple of times the live events that are coming up, so make sure that you check our social media for all of that information. And of course, we would ask you to consider leaving us a review on iTunes, because as we get this podcast off the ground and get this party started, we really want to be able to broaden our community and make sure that we're reaching as many people, especially women, mm-hmm. um, but but people who might benefit from the, the conversations that we're having here. Some are going to be a little bit more heartfelt like today was. Some are going to be super dang applicable like tips and, you know, actionable stuff. And some we're just going to be having a dang good time. That's right. I mean, it's just kind of everything and in between all of that. Thank you again to this episode's sponsor, Do Good, Be Kind. I just hardly know what good, to say. They're gooder so amazing. and kinder people. Gooder and kinder people. <laughs> they are incredible. They're changing the world. <clears throat> and and their mission is everything that our personal missions as human beings should be. So make sure that you share the love with them and check them out. Do good, be kind on social media. Check them out in our show no- show notes and and head to their shop because they've got some great they've apparel. Got cute apparel. So, yeah, we're so super excited. Head out there today. Be a little brighter. Be a little stronger. Go out there. Do good and be kind. Dang. Nailed it. That's all you need to do. See you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. 
So you feeling good? No. I mean, I'm just nervous, but yeah. Nervous it's is okay. Solid content. Nervous is good. But, nervous um, means something really good is about to happen. Yeah. Just chime in. Ch- ch- chime in now. What if I go silent, like radio silent, and I decide to just shut my trap and not say a thing? Throw it at you. Okay, you better not go radio silent. I won't. Are you kidding me? I always have an opinion. Episode three, man, I just feel like we're all seasons now. I know. Seasons. Season- seasoned. <laughs> seasoned. Stop. <laughs>